You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here. Another Odin's Day is upon us. Uh, my bros and fr friends out there, hope you're doing well this Wednesday. Uh, it is the 25th of uh, January, 2023, uh, and we're uh, hurtling towards uh, the second month of this year already. Uh, we do have some updates a little bit later as well. Some some fun stuff that we're doing, or some some uh, some good things here for uh, for the show and what we're doing here at Red Ice as well. All right, so. Uh, we have some good stuff to go through today, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to talk uh, about the Ghislaine Maxwell situation. She has actually spoken out uh, behind bars. A lot of whitewashing, a lot of blaming as well. So we'll play some clips with that later. Uh, we do have some other uh, stuff to talk about as well. The tanks situation with uh, both Germany and the U.S. sending tanks now to Ukraine. And immediately, of course, it was like, well, now that you're going to send tanks, how about those planes, eh? Uh, so we'll talk a bit about that, and uh, we have also a number of uh, re accounts that have been reinstated, uh, not only on Twitter, but uh, actually Trump's has been reinstated on uh, Facebook or Meta as well, and uh, that includes Instagram. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Then we have some uh, rando stuff. We'll see how much we get to today. A little bit late, but uh, what are you going to do? Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you uh, do want to join in today, Super Chats. TV. We also take them over at Odyssey and on Rumble. Uh, that helps to support the show as well, but we'll keep an eye throughout that, uh, on those rather, throughout the uh, stream here today. All right. Let me see. What do we have here? Chalky Milk checking in as usual. I blame the audio issues on the other executive producers for not executive producing, producing well enough. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> hey, uh, fork out some more uh, executive producers as we can buy a new audio card. I think that's what uh, is that? Not even a card. That's what that's that's when you're using PCI, right? Uh, no, this is an audio interface. I'm not sure what happened. I had to like uh, reboot it three times and then start the software. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Technicalities. Could talk about that forever. Anyway, thank you, Chalky Milk. Good to see you. And thank you for being a, a trademarked executive producer as well. Appreciate that. All right, cool stuff. Um, well, why don't we just dive in? What do we have to uh, talk about here first? Then we are going to address the uh, no, not that one actually. The reinstatements. <clears throat> so we actually have uh, just to mention one. There's there's many. Uh, racial consciousness. Do you guys know this account? Nature and race. Uh, I think he said he was uh, banned for about two years on the uh, platform and then all of a sudden uh he does a appeal uh, an appeal uh, and then uh, voila he's uh, he's uh, back in action um this was a, this was a good one he uh, tweeted i think this is the first one he did on gab after he was banned let me see let, let, let me confirm that i think it was did he did he say when he was blocked no okay we'll get to that one i don't want to i think it was in jet i think that's when it was anyway you can't lose your social media accounts for criticizing white, pe white people. You can't lose your job for criticizing white people. You can't be thrown out of school or university for criticizing white people. Not a single country on earth will imprison you for criticizing white people. You can't be charged with a hate crime for physically attacking white people. Uh, that is true. <laughs> Yet we're supposed to believe we live in a systemic, we live in systemic, systemic white supremacy. Damn it. I failed on that one there. Uh, good stuff. I think that was his gab. That's what I think it was. He made that on gab after this one. Uh, and that is one of his last posts. I think it was if you go to, into his accounts, uh, unless he's tweeted like crazy. Uh, let me see. Where is it? Uh... Yes, there it is right there. Look at that. If white supremacy actually existed, you wouldn't be allowed to question or criticize it. 
uh, banned January uh, 22nd, 2021. So what is that? That's, yeah, it's about uh, two years. All right. So anyway, he used, um, uh, here is the appeal. This is kind of funny. I'm talking with him to get him on the show, by the way. Uh, I've known about him for some time and I haven't had him on the show. So so I hope we can make that happen. Uh, description description of the problem. <clears throat> Uh, quoting here then, uh, you're all a bunch of bitch-ass niggas. You know that, right? And uh, that got his account back. That is very good stuff. I like I like that kind of stuff. Uh, there were some other ones as well. Andrew Anglin, he's been uh, let back on Twitter. That's some time now, I think. Ryan Dawson got his account back. And I think it was yesterday, Nick Fuentes got his attack, uh, <laughs> his account back. And already there is a, a tax on that. That's that's the framing here. Um, stop anti-Semitism. First, neo-Nazi Andrew Anglin. Then, Holocaust denier Ryan Dawson. Now, white supremacist Nick Fuentes is back on Twitter. This isn't how you curb hate, Elon Musk. This is helping spread it. What is is Twitter Gov? Is that their actual their own internal thing, or is that some external thing that's going to monitor uh, Twitter? I don't know. All right, very good stuff. That is pretty uh, pretty funny actually. <clears throat> so we have uh, Trump as well coming back on uh, Meta or uh, Facebook and on uh, Instagram. That happened uh, just before we came on here today. Former President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts are reinstated. I know that they had, uh, as they say, kicked that, that can down the road. <sighs> was, he, was, it, was, it, was it like January 7th or 8th or something he was banned from Facebook after, um, after the, uh, uh, the mega, mega riot at <laughs> the Capitol? What do we call what is the What is the actual term here? The, uh, the 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 somewhat boomerish event, but then at the same time you did have a uh, you did have a pretty strong gay op running by the uh, intelligence services and the, the 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 feds that day. Anyway, so I think that's because what, that's what it is. Now I think so. I mean, obviously, there's a lot you can say about that. First of all, yes, of course, the guy should have his accounts back, you know, kind of thing. But then part of me is like, oh, great, I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about how great the uh, the black and Hispanic unemployment rates was back in 2018 or whatever it is or or how uh, br- you know sh- some shilling for the Pfizer Moderna vax or something you know we'll see what happens here right um he's o- he's already been let back on Twitter that happened pretty quick I don't think he has used it he's still using uh, truth uh, truth social uh to be honest but it's like we're in a time loop and like they're trying they're trying to is this are they trying to waste another four years of like mega conservatives? So instead of actually moving on, they, they are going to go and worship in front of the Trump pulpit and, and have yet another four years wasted where nothing happens, where, where it's another four years vital, of course, before we slowly, but now with increasing pace being replaced in our countries. The white population in the United States is uh, 61.7%, I believe, uh, according to the latest uh, census. And um, it just happens so that, uh, what is it, uh, uh, 250,000 encounters by the Customs and Border Patrol agents uh, at the southern U.S. border towards uh, Mexico has happened, uh, let me see, not this month then, this was recorded in January 2022, sorry, December 2022, Um, so it was the highest recorded number ever. And of course, what they want to do is basically just opening the floodgates and let everybody in, let as many people in as possible. In fact, I actually have that clip. Did you guys hear that? Uh, I think I put it in the Weekend Warrior Show, but it's quite important. I hope I save that down. Otherwise, I have to play that later. 
Uh, no, here it is. Here it is. Check this out. What we've always said is when, they, when, when there's anybody talking about like solving the border crisis, and again, all of this is from the framework of like we're being replaced, we're losing uh, essential time, we need to act now, we need to organize now, we need to build community, network now, we need to add, you know, kick this into high gear as opposed to, you know, wasting time on someone like Trump, who he had, look, he had his chance. It was, it was somewhat, it was kind of fun or whatever, but then just, you know, all the Zionist shit happened, and and then then that's both boat sailed, right? Um, so Biden, of course, is seeing this from the point of view of like the, the Democrat side, and many Republicans too. By the way, they also want to have even Trump mentioned it. I should say that they wanted the highest number of like legal immigrants ever into the United States, uh, which is which is garbage. But the Democrat side, they basically also just want to open the floodgates to anybody, whether the, you know, no one is illegal type thing. So listen what Biden said when he was down in Mexico visiting here. Because look, right now, the cartels make a lot of money, which they use for drug trafficking as well. People go through, have to make it through jungles and a long journey to the, to the, uh, uh, to the border. And many are victimized, not only in terms of what they have to pay, but victimized physically in other ways. And so we're trying to make it easier for people to get here opening up the capacity to get here, but not have them go through that god-awful process. Not have them go through the process. Do do you get what he's saying there? (laughs) He just let them all in right now, immediately. Open the floodgates. Oh, my God, they have to walk through jungle? We should have. Can we have a golden conveyor belt? Like we can, instead of building the NAFTA superhighway, maybe we can just build like a a golden uh, conveyor belt where you can just lay down and being fed like uh, grapes and and intravenous cheese, uh, you know, tubes. uh, As as you're kind of slowly just you know ticking up towards the U.S. Uh, Anyway, point is, it feels like we're in like a time loop. We're like just are we back in 2015 again, or what's what's happening here with all the accounts? As much as I like seeing the accounts reinstated, which is great, obviously yes. Um, but this, I think, it's time for a GOP, Repub- uh, you know, GOP mega people to move on. And I'm not saying like, oh, DeSantis. I'm just saying like this. This ship has obviously sailed. Maybe it's better to try something else, right? As long as long as there's like not an actual <laughs> leader that shows up that can actually take the reins and try to restore some order and and, and dignity to the uh, European Americans. Uh, in the U.S., what's what, what's the what's the point politically? That's what I feel anyway. It doesn't mean you shouldn't fight. Of course you should, but maybe yeah, as, as some granted, some conservatives and Republicans have they've started fighting a little bit more on the local level, which is good. You know, school boards and this kind of thing, kind of thing, right? Uh, all right. Second wanderer over on Entropy says, uh, "Hail Henry, glad to see you again. Glad to see you as well, sir. Thank you for um, being a trademarked uh, executive producer, by the way. To be honest, I still don't know why Trump is so much loved, since many of his policies fall into line." with other warmongering neocons and is a huge supporter of Zionist Israel uh, at that. Yes, I I don't know. I mean, if you listen to like, you know, Ben Shapiro and what's is that considered to be still some kind of like alternative or like independent voice, which, of course, we've we've learned, obviously, that it's not. Uh, but a lot of the GOP boomers, they they love that stuff. They love um, it. And although Crowder has been somewhat uh, redeemed, and we'll play a clip with that later, by the way, slightly better, especially after speaking out against the Daily Wire and, and Ben Shapiro, uh, they are definitely stuck on the Israel thing, and they, they will not move on to that thing. And it, it's, like, it's not that you only have to discuss that, but if you don't take that into account and how much control uh, APAC and these other Jewish interest groups have in America, you're, you're, you're basically lost, right? Um, all right, so we'll see what happens. Oh, this this is what I wanted to say as well. 
Speaking of why they let why they're letting Trump back on Facebook, I frankly think it has a lot to do with just hard uh, uh, revenue. I don't. Uh, the Young Turks will argue that Trump, uh, oh, sorry, the uh, the Facebook Mark Zuckerberg is a secret uh, right winger, or not even secret. He's uh, he's a hardcore right winger, and he just loves Trump and is going to let him back on there without, of course, he, you know, he, while ignoring things such as how much he donated to. Um, I forget what was that integrity election fund. What was it called again? Which helped to to, to rig the election back in 2020 and stuff like that, right? Uh, but I think he wa- he wants the boomers back on Facebook. The the stock, stocks are down, and he needs that reinvigorated again. And Trump drew a lot of that, a lot of fundraising that Trump can do on Facebook and things like that as well, right? And then you r- realize you, you you look at some of the the quality of the people working at Meta too. Uh, let me play you this as a short clip. Some woman uh, that claims at first was like, is this real? And, and I, I went and checked her LinkedIn. It's like, yeah, there she is, Riley Rojas, Ro- Royas, how we pronounce that, uh, working as a uh, manage, uh, product manager at Meta. And I thought it was a joke on that Twitter video with the lady walking around and doing like a red wine out of the tap and up at the rooftop on the Twitter headquarters and stuff like that. Remember that video? That's what this reminded me of, but this lady works for Meta. Check this out. Day in the life as a 23-year-old product manager at Meta. I always journal in the morning. I then do a quick workout routine. I get dressed. I try to look cute every day. Got some food at the office. I make a coffee every single morning. I need that. I did some work on the roof. Worked until lunch and then ate up there. Here's me being cute. I got a snack always. I then shuttled home. The view's so pretty. Met up with some friends for dinner. And then my boyfriend came over and was acting like a DJ for my dog. I mean, is this independently organic? If that's what it is, it proves that, that this is actually how women in tech are. I mean, I'm not saying the men, leftist men that work in this environment are any better, but like, what the hell is this? Is this a joke, right? So that what I'm saying is, in a long-winded way, are you understanding now with the, with that level of like people working there, stocks down, like they need just a financial boost again here, like at at, at Meta or Facebook and Instagram, and that's that's part of why they're letting him back on there. To be honest, look, there could be some grandiose plan of like you know Trump's going to have this old rise to power and he's going to get in again. I I I don't think so, right? I, I might eat these words, you know, whatever in twenty twenty four, but like I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to get in again. He 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 had his chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we had some um, some diversity happening here in uh, <clears throat> Spain today. Let me translate this. Uh, actually, a uh, priest was wounded and a uh, sacristan. Is that what you call it? They're like uh, head of these of sacraments and holy things in the church. W- one of those guys were killed uh, after a uh, jihadist attack. Uh, on several churches in uh, Spain. Uh, this is kind of auto-translated, so it's a bit wonky, but uh, uh, Sacristan killed and and also a priest seriously wounded uh, in what is in being investigated as a jihadist attack against two churches in uh, Algeria. Is that what it's uh, pronounced? Here is some of the aftermath, lovely stuff, this uh, part and parcel. As those say who are trying to replace us say, um, Bodies in the streets lying around, uh, priests being attacked. <laughs> right? This is completely idiotic, right? They fought, Spain's particularly, you, you think about it, right? 
their forebears fought 700 years to get their country back. And even then, even then, it, it, it had left a genetic imprint on the country, clearly. Not everywhere, but in some areas. It, it left a cultural imprint, right? But even then, they, they fought 700 years, and now they're just handing it right back again. Uh, here's uh, alleged uh, attacker here, jihadist, short clip of the guy. Dios mío, Lleva un hacha, la da a uno en la cabeza, que la deja allí tirado. ¿Did she say jihad there? Anyway, so uh, that guy was sporting a uh, machete, I think. Well, thinks uh, Church of La Palma de Algeciras. Uh, the sacristan there has died, and the priest of the church at uh, of San Isidro de Algerias, hard names here, uh, have been wounded. Great, good stuff. Yeah. This is what they want for us, folks. Um, some of these people that are doing this, of course, <clears throat> uh, in the West are, are people like uh, Justin Trudeau. And I guess we can segue over to, to in this way. Um, I mean, these kinds of events, what, what, I mean, what, what else can we say about them? Like, at this point, we none of us are surprised. None of us are, are like, <laughs> I mean, we should be shocked. We should be, of course, emotionally enraged. But it's almost like... Well, this is this is everyday life now for for many Europeans, right? Randomly just being attacked by some lunatic Muslim who's uh, either motivated by hate for white people or religiously motivated or both. Um, but the people who are doing this to us are, despite the fact of all the voting fraud in some cases, at least in some countries. So these leaders continue to be elected, even if it's by uh, by uh, corruption, by 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 fraud, essentially. Uh, they are not very, very popular. And uh, check out this clip as just one example, because the same thing is happening in Canada, of course. They're, they're, the Canadian, uh, the, the Great White North is being handed over to uh, Chinese people, to, uh, to Indians, to Hindus, many other, many other ethnic groups as well in Canada. And look at Justin just having to travel through the streets uh, in, uh, I forget if this is in Toronto, I forget where this was filmed, but um, imagine... Calling yourself like a, a, you know, man of the people, right? He's beloved by his population that he's supposed to reign over. Uh, look how he's met here. That's, that's awesome. Let the goddamn guy know, right? Isn't that, uh, isn't that what you should At least what you can do is that. Just when they show up, make sure you're there and just scream at them. Make, the, make, make sure they know, right? I mean, so ever since the uh, the convoy in Canada, you've had a, I mean, substa- they know that, you know, the elites in Canada, like Justin Trudeau, they, 
they know that they're hated by the people and they're pretending that this doesn't exist. Oh, it's just a, a small click with the, you know, unacceptable views, right? That's what they say all the time. Uh, all right. So anyway, back to uh, real quick to GOP. I should have had this clip after um, Biden there. But we have a se segment on the on the tanks tr uh, being sent to Ukraine and uh, both Germany and the, the U.S. is involved in that, too. So I guess it makes sense to to talk a bit more about uh, the uh, the American political system. Now, when it comes to the GOP, they took over the House here, of course, after the midterm election. And so one of the things that they're doing is that they're bringing back uh, prayer uh, into uh, the the House. And uh, this actually segues us into uh, to the next topic as well with the tanks, because look at look at the uh, priest, how she frames this entire prayer, or, or what the prayer is about. This is actually quite uh, quite shocking, considering everything that's going on. Check this out. The house will be in order. The prayer will be offered by Chaplain Kibben. Would you pray with me? Lord God, do not wait any longer to be gracious to the people of wait for it. Ukraine. Yes. Rise up and show mercy to them as they endure the terror of their oppressors. For you, O Lord, are a God of justice. We ask then that you would bless all those who seek cover in the undergrounds of Kiev. Those who mourn the destruction of neighborhoods like Bucha. They who seek refuge in Lviv. Be gracious to them and answer their cries. You have given them the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, but do not hide yourself anymore. May their eyes see you when they turn to the right and to the left. May their ears hear your word behind them, guiding their steps and delivering them from their torment. May their spirits be led by your spirit into the redemptive future you have provided for them. Bring soon the day when you will bind up the injuries of your people and heal the wounds of the afflicted. We offer this prayer in your sovereign name. Amen. All right. Eagle time at the end there. Yeah, of course. There's nothing better to, uh, to nothing better to do than to pray about Ukrainians uh, at this time. Uh, and of course, who's leading this? Well, it's uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, right? We covered him, was it not last uh, Flashback Friday, but the Friday before then? <laughs> it's cockery about when he, the first speech he had as the uh, as the Speaker of the House, right? Uh, well, here here he is. Here's a just a quick reminder of where his priorities lie. Hi, it's Speaker Kevin McCarthy. There is no greater relationship than American and Israel relationship. And I want to prove a point to you why. This is my very first speech as speaker, and this is where I'm giving it. Because my commitment is always to make this bond even stronger. And I look forward to being right back in Israel later this year with all the new freshmen. <laughs> it's just such a, this is what they do. They they st stick it to you, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Yep. It's uh, it's Ukraine and then it's Israel. That, that's it now. That's it. And you could argue even uh, Ukraine is turning to what the new, the new Jerusalem, right? The, the Khazarian thing <laughs> there too. Uh, quite extraordinary to be honest. Uh, so yeah, thank God the GOP is uh, is back in the uh, back in the house, right? Uh, all right. 
So let's talk about the uh, tanks uh, situation. The media is salivating over the prospect of not only Germany sending their Leopard tanks, but uh, America sending their Abrams tank and uh, tanks, rather, plural, many of them there is. 31, I think they agreed on. Here's uh, Trump making the uh, goddamn announcement. And today, today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objective. Yeah, so there we go. Check out this segment here on CNN, right? Again, the, the way they are. And look, we had, a, I, I guess we, l- let's play this first. We had this immense propaganda campaign about pressuring Germany into releasing the release the leopards right time for the leopards bring us the leopards right they even had this wear leopard clothing to show your support for Ukraine uh, that Germany need to send all their tanks uh, over there check out this little propaganda piece here All right. I guess it worked because Schultz was a, I think that he was actually waiting a little bit for the for the US which is of course their their uh, their bitch let's uh, be honest about that they're still uh, Germany is still an occupied country they're living uh, under things that were uh, came into fruition under the uh, uh, Marshall fund and then the the German Marshall fund after that uh, but anyway when the US agreed to it then uh, Germany was like eh, all right we'll do it too then here's CNN check this out Moments ago, a major development in the war in Ukraine after weeks of pressure from Western allies, Germany announcing this morning it will send those Leopard 2 tanks to the war zone, uh, joining the United States in doing so. Our Fred Pleikton joins us live in eastern Ukraine. Look, this is huge news, right? And very welcome news for Vladimir Zelensky and all of Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And you already heard yesterday when it sort of was seeping through that this was probably going to happen, that the Ukrainians certainly are very happy. We just got some details from the Germans. They say that their main goal is to create, in the end, two tank battalions that the Ukrainians are supposed to get. That would be about 88 of these Leopard 2 main battle tanks. However, they also say that in the first step right now, they're going to send 14 of these tanks as fast as possible. The Germans also say they want the training for the Ukrainians to start as fast as possible. There was one interesting nuance that we got, Poppy, from the Germans as well. They're saying that they are going to give permission to other European countries that own these tanks to also send these Leopard 2 main battle tanks to the Ukrainians as well. That means the Ukrainians could get a lot of these tanks very quickly because a lot of European nations have these tanks. Now, of course, we know that all this came after some pretty tough negotiations between the Germans and the United States. In the end, the United States apparently relenting to also sending Abrams main battle tanks to uh, Ukraine. The, as I'm well. sorry, but they're kind of pretending that like Schultz and Germany overall have some kind of autonomy on this, to be honest, which I think is when you look at the legal stuff here, the, the backdrop of, uh, of of how the German constitution was written after, uh, you know, after World War Two and uh, all the pressures. I mean, legally, they're not even their own country anymore. Things like that, right? It, 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 it just if America tells them to do it, they would do it. They're, they're making this seem that it's some kind of like, oh, it was tough negotiations and some dip, uh, oh, just bullshit. Okay, just bullshit. 
They're being told what to do, and then they're doing it. That's that's what's happening. Well, of course, the Ukrainians pretty happy to be getting tanks, both of German make and of American make in the not too distant future as well, guys. And Fred, there's been quite the response this morning from Russia, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I was actually messaging with the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, uh, a little while ago. And first of all, he was saying that obviously the Russians say that this will increase the tension here on the continent. He says that suffering will increase for the Ukrainians as well. Uh, he wrote that in a message to me, but, but really some strong words coming from the Russian ambassador to the United States. And he said, he came out and he said that Abrams tanks that enter well, Ukraine will be destroyed. Are they supposed to love the, the proxy war that uh, NATO and the, <laughs> the West is fighting with them? Oh, no, it's good. Send more. The Russians, of course, the Russians so far have said that about pretty much every new weapon system that the U.S. and its allies have sent so far. None of that has happened. And again, the Ukrainians really very, very happy with these decisions. Uh, really believe they're going to get a lot more tanks than they had originally thought, guys. All ahead of what is expected to be a real Russian. They originally thought. That's right. Release the leopards. Get all that propaganda bullshit. Night Nation Review. Night Nation Review. Man. It's one of those days, I tell you. Night Nation Review. There we go. Let's edit that out. Uh, says, I showed this on my show the other night, too. It looks like Toronto, or Toronto, as the Canadians say. Yes, the, the Trudeau clip. I believe that that's what it was. Probably some meeting in one of the hotels, I think. Um, and we have Lycan Warrior as well. It says, over on Entropy Stream, says, uh, been noticing more and more leftist loonies and Muslims engaging in your and Lana's tweets lately. <laughs> so unbearable and aggravating. Having to read the dribble, uh, guess they are lashing out uh, to spread of their butthurt. Yes, uh, or sp the spread of the butthurt. Um, so I, one of that is, Lana did a tweet about India, and it was like tons of Indians coming out and, and you know, I'll, I'll rape you or whatever the hell they said. India is going to win over you or you need us in America and all that stuff. And then I did a bunch of tweets about the NATO situation. We uploaded that as its own segment uh, about Turkey's involvement, how they're pressuring uh, kind of Sweden through NATO, through the leverage that they have uh, over their NATO membership. And since NATO wants to join as well, Sorry, since Sweden wanted to join NATO as well, uh, they are basically being uh, handed a list of demands by uh, by Erdogan and Ankara. Uh, and uh, I basically told them to um, to fuck off. And, and if Paladin uh, wants to burn his Quran outside of the uh, the embassy, uh, the, the Turkish embassy in Stockholm, he should be allowed to do that. But Turkey wants to come in and say Sweden should not be allowed to do that. So now the whole NATO situation for Sweden has ended up being about not only what we, sh what we can and can't do when it comes to our own freedom of speech, uh, but also our freedom of association because they're clamping down on the Kurdish support that exists within the stronghold of leftists in Sweden. You know, they support YPG and P P uh, P P P P KK, it is, right? PKK as well. Um, so I think some of that is that the leftist, I'm not sure what that is, but yeah, that's it's good. I mean, it's, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, people, people can... They can they can be butthurt and they can be offended all they want. So yeah, unless they show up and, and like at your door and is going to tell you something, that they, that's when the game really changes. You know what I mean? Words on the internet, pff, ah. but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Keep an eye on that uh, for us, uh, Lycan. All right. So media salivating over this. BBC writing pieces on this. Ukraine hails, hails historic day as U.S. and Germany sends. Uh, tanks and we had let me see was it Schultz? So you spell it Schultz? No, Z at the end. I turn off that audio. Do they remove that? I hate. You grab a uh, 
a link to this BBC timeline, <laughs> and then it's just gone anyway. How the hell do you spell Schultz? Isn't that how you spell it? S-H-O-L-T-Z, right? Anyway, okay. Gotta get turn off the audio. This, that's annoying. All right. Uh, anyway, they had him here regarding uh oh it was it was the that's right it was about not not schultz that's right it was uh sorry i'm i'm uh, spacing out on that it was uh gray graham lindsey graham that's right that's the piece that i linked to in here this is a big freaking deal freaking deal republican senator gives rare praise to biden <laughs> over the tanks issue right yeah hmm isn't that fascinating this little warmonger neocon uh, uh homosexual guy uh, is just out and praising Biden over this, right? Now Republicans and Democrats are not going uh, known for getting along. That's politics after all. But, however, in one of those uh, cross-aisle kind of... It's the same level on, like, it's Israel... The bipartisanship happens over Israel, and now it's happening over Ukraine, right? Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says he agrees with the U.S. President Joe Biden's call to send more tanks. Of course he does. Little bitch, he told CNN he wanted to compliment him, adding that lending the M1 Abrams mark a turning point in the war. What happens is a big freaking deal, the South Carolina Republican says. We've uh, got the Germans and the United States making a decision that's been long overdue. We're all in. I just got back from Ukraine last week. Yeah, I don't know why this image doesn't load, because that shows him with, with uh, all the, the other corrupt elite uh, guards down in the Ukraine there. Zelensky and the rest of them. Maybe they had a maybe they had a gay old time together, eh? I just got back from Ukraine last week. The tanks will be outcome determinative militarily. With the tanks, they've got a fighting chance to take back their land. Without the tanks, it would be a long drawn out war. Our democratic colleagues, quite frankly, have been terrific on Ukraine, and I appreciate it. Uh, so again, I don't want Russia to occupy the land, but I also don't want uh, Western forces to exacerbate the conflict and making it worse and pull us closer to the world. Call, call me crazy, but uh, I, I'd prefer not to see nukes uh, in Europe right about now. Uh, all right, so anyway, that's that piece. They've already started. Oh, here's the other. That, that's right there. Um, Al Jazeera had the uh, kind of a breakdown of the tanks here that they're getting as well. Abrams and Leopard tanks. Why are they important to, uh, to Ukraine? Kiev has long called on Western nations to send battle tanks, arguing they are essential for battlefield success. Uh, we'll, see hap- we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, this is going to be very interesting. Now, Abrams has like a, apparently a very uh, more technologically advanced whole like system kind of around them as well. It's not just the tanks. It's working in unison with other uh, gear, militarily speaking. And so it's something you might not see them uh, handling immediately, just jumping in the tank and, and, and driving off and <laughs> try to kill kill Russians or whatever. Uh, but it might take them some time. So they're talking about maybe by May, June, I heard. Uh, they might be able to uh, uh, have that ready to go for them. So we'll see if that changes things at all. Uh, 31 Abrams tanks was the uh, number from the U.S. side. And uh, what was the German in again? Not that many. What was it? Uh, it was under 10, I think he said, right, wasn't it? Um, all right, anyway. There's a breakdown if you want to see <laughs> engine, crew, max range, uh, armaments. Some people love the uh, statistics about the war stuff. Anyway, so um, remember the, the they, they started uh, educating the Ukrainians too, right, on the, uh, wep- the other weapon systems that they're sending, uh, which by, uh, in... in uh, in addition to the tanks and stuff, it includes the Patriot Missile Defense System. 
which I guess is kind of a, a, a big deal, right? Uh, so they have flown in Ukrainians to, uh, what was it, Texas or what was it again? Um, to educate Ukrainians in how to use these systems, right? Uh, Ukrainians to start training on Patriot missiles in the U.S. as soon as next week. And this was uh, January 11th, so presumably they're doing that. No, Oklahoma, that's where it was, right? The training program will take place at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, where the U.S. conducts its own training and operating and maintaining their advanced air defense system. Fort Sill is one of the Army's, Army's four basic training locations and home to the services Field Artillery School, which has been training service members for more than a century. Uh, and now they're letting uh, Ukraine into uh, the the loop here. It's it's almost like Ukraine is turning into like the 51st state. And it's just like, uh, it's just like U.S. kind of t- like just taking it over. Uh, but, but using Ukrainian bodies in their effort to undermine uh, Russian objectives. And you can argue, sure, I mean, Russia stepped in there, and so that's kind of what it is, uh, which I understand, uh, frankly, that argument as well, right? Uh, but then, uh, but the what we've always been against is the, is the proxy war, right? Driving this up and, and instigating it further. Uh, you know, prolonging the conflict, making it worse for both sides, more deaths of both uh, uh, Russians and Ukrainians, right? Uh, and so immediately, Ukraine was basically, well, 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 bitch, bitches, we gotta have uh, we gotta have more stuff. Send us other things too. <laughs> Ukraine eyes fighter jets after tanks. This is what we want. Is a, do they sit and look at a menu? I mean, you could argue that. Okay, well, who dicked this? Is the U.S. Uh, you know, are, are they running the show there now, or NATO, whatever you want to call you know call the Western force, the EU part of that too, right? Uh, or is it genuinely just like a, a, a an independent interest of Ukrainians that are that are dictating to the to the U.S. and Germany? Oh, hey, you get a you know we we'll put pressure on you. How do they do that? That that doesn't. Have, what leverage do they have, right? Oh, send us this. Oh, really? Uh, anyway. Uh, Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Germany says there's no chance of any fighter jets being sent to Ukraine despite renewed calls for high-end aircraft. And I think it was the same thing there. Very hard to just send this stuff. You have to have long uh, training on these kind of uh, jets. You can't just send it and, and expect things to go, to be, to go easy, right, over, uh, over, overnight, so to speak. Uh, all right. So that's that on the tanks. I think it's uh, I think it's sickening to see them uh, uh, dra- dragging out the conflict like this. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's a shit show. It's a huge uh, shit show. Uh, all right. Speaking about another uh, shit show, uh, here's one that uh, is going to make you pissed off. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's how it is. We have to cover these stories. Uh, we do we don't do them all the time, but we do them occasionally. Four arrested on rape charges during investigation into death of LSU student Madison Brooks. Beautiful young woman uh, who most likely was uh, raped by these guys. Now, they're trying to argue that, oh no, it was consensual. But uh, the problem is, after she most likely was raped, she was uh, driven over, she was killed by a uh, someone driving a vehicle, uh, which apparently is unrelated. Uh, Anyway, let me read you the story here. The East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office have made multiple arrests on rape charges as part of an investigation into the death of 19-year-old LSU student Maddie Brooks. (sighs) On Monday, they reported that a 17-year-old and 18-year-old, 70-year-old and 18-year-old Kavion Washington uh, were arrested and booked on charges of third-degree rape while 18-year-old Casson Carver, which is the guy I think on the left in the picture there, 
uh, and 28-year-old Everett Lee, which is on the right, were arrested as principals to third-degree rape. Arrest documents show that Brooks' blood alcohol level was 0.319 at the time of her death. Whoops. Washington had claimed that the sexual encounter with Brooks was consensual. Do you think do you think so? Is this is this a coal burner, guys? What do you think? C for coal burner and uh and and B for based. Was she was she based? Did she do, did she make a bad move? C for coal burner. Chat give me a give me a review here on this. C for coal burner, B for uh, for base. No, she she remained true. <laughs> she did she didn't do it. What do you guys think? Um I'm laughing at this. I, mean, I, I don't mean to. I'm sorry, but uh, fuck, what are you going to do? According to Washington, a lot of C, uh, some Bs as well. According to Washington, he, the other suspect in Brooke, left a bar in a tiger land early on Sunday. See, I think she's a rape victim. Um, yeah, it's kind of divided in chat. No idea, to be honest. C, C, that's kind of 50-50. Um... Let me start over the uh, line I'm reading the chatter. According to Washington, he, the other suspects, and Brooks left a bar in Tigerland early on Sunday, January 15th, after consuming a significant amount of alcohol. He stated that he and other teenager had sexual intercourse with Brooks in the backseat of a vehicle while Carver and Lee were in, fr- in the front seat, according to arrest records. Brooks later requested to go home and they dropped her off in the vicinity of Pelican Lake subdivision of Bourbon Burbank Drive. Brooks Brooks provided them with multiple different addresses before she got out of the car. Tragically, she was killed shortly after she wandered into the middle of Burbank Drive. Uh, The driver who hit her has not been arrested and is not suspected of being under the influence. I don't know. Just such a shame. What we can say is this. She should never have been there to begin with. I think we can all agree on that. Um, Who raised this girl? Pretty young woman complete waste out drink was she was she actually drinking with them or did they spot her in the bar again she shouldn't be out on her own what's she doing there alone right got it i, I think actually a guy in this uh, video said that listen to that i said you can't this is like a framing of like we as white people have to have this you can at least at those hours and and you know certain locations like you cannot be on your own anymore you you if you have a daughter if you if you your sister whatever like women girls you know they they cannot do this that time is over it's been law it's been over for a long time listen to this here over the weekend tragedy strikes LSU's campus once again after the death of sophomore Madison Brooks The East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office reported the 19-year-old was standing in the middle of Pelican Parkway and Burbank Drive when she was hit by a car at around 3 a.m. Was that because, okay, sure, she was drunk, but was that because she was, uh, uh, you know, distraught because she had been raped? Uh, she was. She didn't know what she was doing. She was traumatized. She was standing in the middle of the road to try to get help. Is is that, I mean, that feels, feels like a, a, a very strong possibility here, to be honest. Sunday morning. In the days that followed, not just friends and family, but the community as a whole came together to pay their respects for Brooks. The incident has brought up the reoccurring questions of safety, especially at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's right, it's just safety. (laughs) Nothing about diversity or anything. Um, I think the best thing you could do is stay in groups as somebody's leading 
at least somebody who kind of knows. I think the, the I think the best thing you can do is have a healthy level of white identity and understand that you're European and you're different than others and you should hang out with your own. I think I think that would have been a lifesaver. If her father, if her father only would have been a racist, <laughs> am I right? She probably would have been alive today. Situation and somebody with good situational awareness. Situational if anyone awareness. needs that, help that's process. Folks, that's code, right? That's like, man, she. you got to have situational awareness. I mean, he's right. What he's saying is never relax. Seeing this loss, the Student Health Center is offering mental health services to all students and staff. We don't need mental health services. We need white identity. Can we have some? Can we have a big dose of white identity in order to save uh, young white girls' uh, lives? How about that? Reporting for Tiger TV, I'm Miguel Paredes Reyes. All right. Oh, okay. I don't. I didn't want that. All right. I mean, it's such a shame, right? Beautiful young girl. Uh, what did someone say here on Odyssey? Uh, yeah, Night Nation Review says uh, she should not have been within a hundred miles or a thousand miles of them. I had an Odyssey Red Ice membership, but uh, something happened, and I'm not able to resign up. Am I going to? So I'm just going to donate manually. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, if there's an issue we can help you with, let us know. But we appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Night Nation. We will get back to your email too, by the way. So we appreciate your support. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy, right? Yeah, Washington Post had it as well. LSU student was raped before she died when hit by car, uh, police say. So I wouldn't be uh, doubt. Well, uh, I wouldn't doubt that uh, that is uh, the truth of the matter. We'll uh, we'll see if there's follow ups of that and if we can get some. Uh, charges, but again, of course, there's no. Again, if I mean, it's cringe and tr even trite to say it now, but look, there's still people that have never heard these words, right? But um, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're they're newcomers and stuff like that, right? They're, they're not caught up on everything, so we have to repeat our, ourselves sometimes. If the rules were reversed, racial rules were were reversed here, where a black girl had been, uh, you know. Uh, well, we, we say alleged, you know, purportedly uh, suspected rapists by whites, right? Raped by white guys. Uh, this would have been seen as a as a racially uh, a racial hate crime, right? This would have been filtered through a different lens in the media. Uh, but just as racial consciousness pointed out in one of his last uh, uh, tweets and and one of those gabs after he got banned from Twitter, uh, is uh, you know no one that goes after white people this way uh, is charged for a hate crime. Uh, now we can't prove that it was that, but hey, <laughs> what the hell? You know what I mean? Uh, chances are pretty pretty high, to be honest. Now, let me let me play you something. You're speaking of this. This is this is inc an incredible piece uh, piece here from uh, uh, British Channel Four. Are black people cooler than white people? And and it's under in a series that they title "How Not to Be Racist." Am I arguing? Well. Maybe maybe racism would have saved some lives. Eh? Uh, check out this uh, this thing here. Let's let's play a bit of this. I actually think I could be a TikTok star. <laughs> My nose. <laughs> Honestly, black people are so cool and good looking. We should always chill together. <laughs> I hate being white. Ugh. Black people are so cool 24-7. That's right. Hating yourself and being disgusted by the fact that you're white and you wish you were black. Guess what, folks? That's racism, too. That's right. Anti-whiteism against your own kind is now racism. 
Good stuff. Why would you want to kill a bunch of black people? Black people are so cool. <laughs> are black people cooler than white people? <laughs> okay, seriously, what does that mean? God. It depends on your definition of cool though. Maybe sometime. <laughs> I just think people are cool for their own different reasons, and I'm not even trying to be PC here. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm sure you say that in the uh, quiet, to be, be, when you're hanging out with your bros as well. Cool doesn't exist without blackness. So you think that white people think that black people are cooler than them? Well, if they think that way, they're very insecure. <laughs> they like to kind of see things and, and then go, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I I, wait a minute. I thought we were white supremacists that always hate black people. So now you have white people that are so anti-white. They loathe being white and they wish they were black. They're worshipping at the altar of blackness. <laughs> and it's still not fucking good enough. Do that as well because they look really cool. So if I try it, then I'm going to look cool as well. People, isn't the fact that it is inherently cool. It's just that it's different. And because it's different, you know, white people sadly just want to jump into it. Okay, so let me get that argument straight, which then means whites tend not to go, according to that argument, for their their own culture. They don't go for their own heritage. Now, why in the world could that be? See, see how this works again? And of course, so when you do that, then all oh, then you're culturally appropriating, and that's that's racism. <laughs> this this is why it's a Gordian knot. You're never going to solve this. You're never going to please these people. Just walk away. Slice the knot and just walk away. There's there's no point. Again, I, I don't think any of you guys are concerned with this, but this is a fascinating example to people out there who who genuinely are, are as the title implies. Oh, what? Why? How do I need to behave not to be racist as a white person? Right? They're all worried about this kind of shit, and they sit and watch videos like this. Now, one plus here was that he had a shit ton of downvotes. This video, and it was like I don't know, it was like forty-eight. I forget the exact number. Forty-eight thousand downvotes and like 2,000 up or something. So uh, uh, people are catching on, that's good. Hear ye, hear ye, white people of the world, prepare to be triggered because I have something to say. <laughs> I'm so scared this is gonna flop, man. Thinking that a black person is cool does not make you not racist. See? In fact, it's quite the opposite. Let me explain. Coolness is born from Let Let me, ex let me tell you. Oh, we had an, what was that? Let me tell you what, oh, there was another video like that recently too. Let me educate you on how you should act and what you should do. Just always listen to us. We might change our mind the other day. If we want you to see a race, you have to see race. If we tell you not to see race, you can't see race. See how this works? You're just a, 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 a it's just a puppet show, basically, where like non-whites dictating whatever they, whatever the whim of the moment happens to be, <laughs> these people get pleased by, right? Objection. The minority are always cool. Okay, so this is good. Your subconscious or conscious bias might tell you that we're criminals, lazy, less intelligent than our white peers, but at least we're cool. You can let us have that, right? Wrong. From slang created by black women, yes, to pumping your lips full of Botox until they practically pop all over your jerk rice, black culture is gawked at, dismissed, and ridiculed before it's studied, mimicked, and regurgitated. That's right, so basically <clears throat> appropriated, right? Now let's we'll, we'll 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 talk about just a couple of examples here that to bring up in a little bit, but uh, of just who's who's uh, who's mimicking and, and and regurgitating this back, right? Because of course all of this, uh, the reason why these things happen is because we're steeped in a culture of anti-whiteness, right? So you have white people desperately looking for identity, not only for approval, but anything but their own heritage and but their own culture, right? All of this is a just a, a huge anti-white show, but somehow. 
videos like this by Channel 4 managed to spin it into blaming white people and thereby producing more white guilt and self-hatred. One of the earliest adoptions, and by adoption I mean downright theft of black culture, is <laughs> theft. <laughs> yeah, right. L let's hear it. What is it? Dance. Before Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire were clumsily <laughs> downright theft of black culture is tap dance. Before Gene Kelly and tap dance, tap dance. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um. So tapped. Okay. Tap dance. Is that the one thing that you can you, let me bring something up here? Okay. Well, do you want to talk about owner? Let's let's just for a moment run with. It. You can have tap dance, okay? <laughs> if you leave, I don't know, two-story buildings, uh, architecture, uh, <laughs> space travel, uh, Western civilization, and all the technologies that it, can, we can can we can we get that back then, and you can have tap tap dance. But as we learn, even that of course, is not entirely theirs, and you'll hear why. Listen to this here. Fred Astaire were clumsily pitter-pattering across the globe. Tap dance was found on the plantations of America as a synthesis of the enslaved Africans' tribal dances and Irish servants' jigs. Irish servant jigs. So they took a thing that the Irish did, incorporated that, and then they regurgitated out something new. But that, oh, that's totally fine, of course, right? Okay, well let's 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 look at uh, let's look at Fred Astaire, shall we? Just for a moment, who who's uh, who's pushing these kinds of things? Remember that um, he was a uh, and I hate the everything that this stands for. Of course, is just like ugh, <laughs> like horrible. Of course, right? Astaire was born in Omaha, Nebraska, the son of Joanna or Johanna and Friedrich Fritz Austerlitz. Oster's mother was born in the United States to a Lutheran German immigrants from East Prussia uh, and Alsace, while Oster's father was born in Linz, Austria, to Jewish parents who had converted to Catholicism. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Can we completely pin this on white people? I don't know. Let's uh, let's move on. See what she says next here. White people would pay to go and watch cutting contests between black dancers to be jeered, cheered, and gawked at. Cute white people erasing black creators from the narrative and inventing minstrel shows where white people literally blacked up and when tap dance became mainstream enough they lost the black people and the black face paint and presented tap dance as their own all right so <clears throat> you guys have heard you guys have heard this one right uh let's do the uh let's do the al jolson one real quick here too uh because of course you, you have you have a similar similar thing right here right Al Jolson is is one of the first you know kind of guys known for blackface, right? Comedian and blackface mammy singer, and it's actually a picture down here. Uh, Jolson was the first openly Jewish man to become an entertainment star in America. Now, openly, that's a, a giveaway there too. Uh, but yeah, there he is there in uh, blackface. Uh, damn white people, am I right? Isn't that what always happens? Jolson in blackface performing his signature song. My mammy. Uh, I guess we can't take credit for that one either, guys. Ugh, so annoying. It happens all the time. From Kim Kardashian's Bo Derek braids to celebs adopting black scents. Oh, crrr. And all of those white kids on TikTok finger snapping and flossing their way to millions of likes. As a cool black woman, <laughs> I'm only too aware of what's expected of me when I walk into a white space. Uh. Do I like to dance? Yes. Am I better than you? Probably. Would you like to copy my moves? Most certainly. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm here for your entertainment. So, are black people cool? Oh I mean, just look at that dance. Am I right, guys? <clears throat> that's that's 
made right there. We're made, folks. It's expected of me when I walk into a white space. Do I like to dance? Yes. Am I better than you? Probably. Would you like to copy my moves? Most certainly. Dunning Kruger. Right, like street flowing out of the pores of this damn woman. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm here for your entertainment. Mm -hmm. So, I'll that's right. I'm not your dancing monkey. Is that what you're saying? Black people cooler than white people. It's complicated. <laughs> if cool is by definition all the things we ever came up with to get around being shut out of pretty much everything, then yeah. But if all the white girls who wear box sprays and all the white boys who think they're stormzy start to care about us as much as they care about our culture, that would be cool. I think we've seen enough of that. <clears throat> All right. So, I guess we can just let's do this. Let's do let's do a response to this, and I, I like to play. And I think, I think the narrator here is uh, racial consciousness, as we mentioned in the beginning. They got back his uh, Twitter account. I could I could be wrong, uh, but I think I think that's him. Uh, I just I, I I've listened to his stuff. I just can't remember exactly how his voice sounds. This is this would be my. Uh, as a concise reply, as I said, Gordian not, I like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, I just, I just don't care. <laughs> you've got, literally, you've got nothing I want. You're in the position where you're using everything that white people have come up with. You know, from, from the cameras you're doing this video on to the internet you're complaining at. You wouldn't have anything of this if it wasn't white for white people. So, again, Lana's video is good. You know, if you want to uh, decolonize your life, we'll begin with like denouncing everything that's come from the racist, evil colonialists, the white man, right? Uh, but anyway, this is how I would reply. Check out this uh, video here. Very good stuff. We're going to go ahead and begin at the beginning here. We're not saying anyone should be forced to be pro-white. All we're saying is that whether anyone likes it or not, white people have the right to be pro-white. White people have the right to a sense of racial consciousness, racial identity, and racial pride. We have the right to date, to marry white, and to raise our white children to be pro-white. We have the right to love our own people, and to raise our children to love themselves and their people. And above all else, white people have the right to unify, organize, and fight back against the rising tidal wave of anti-white hatred. Don't like it? Too fucking bad. That's your problem, not ours. The anti-white powers that be want you to believe that you don't have a right to be victorious. They want pro-whites to be defeated, broken, and conquered. But we have no intention of surrendering to their intimidation. Pro-white means supporting whites' rights to a collective sense of racial consciousness, identity, and pride. It means supporting whites' rights to pursue self-determination and our collective racial destiny. Whether anyone likes it or not, by God, the white race has a right to be pro-white. White people don't lack in numbers. What we lack is unity. If we can figure out how to unify, organize, and fight back, show's over. We win. Historically speaking, when 
white people finally say enough is enough, the entire world trembles beneath our collective footsteps. There you go. Yep, that's it. We're going to go. Good stuff. Let me uh, lower that a little bit there. Uh, that's it. That's why uh, pro-white ide- pro-white identity, European identity, whatever term you prefer, you can you can jiggle around this in all you want. Everyone knows what we mean when we say pro-white, but if you prefer pro-European, uh, occasionally I do as well, um, that is unstoppable. Uh, and there's bullshit like this happening every day. Every day there's something new and complaining on white people and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and that's why uh, they're kind of doing the job for us to a certain extent. And it's it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before we reach a, uh, you know, when, when the moment crystallizes, right? The, the straw that breaks the camel's back, the drop that makes the cup flow over uh, every day. And the more they push and the more they try, the closer we get to that moment. Uh, and I can't wait. In fact, we should uh, we should embrace it. <laughs> be glad. Be glad that these people are helping to awaken our people. And finally, we can go back to being a people again, being a folk, and actually having something which we've hadn't had for what I won't say a hundred years, but it's like definitely since the uh, the mad days of the uh, at the end of the '60s, right? Cultural Marxism and all the anti-white bullshit have you know swept over the institutions and infected our culture and into the minds of our people, right? Uh, so that's that's turning. We're turning a page. It's it's happening right now, but it doesn't happen overnight. You see, because this is a, these are big processes. We're talking about in some cases entire countries with people, or at least a a large majority of certain countries. Right? They're all going to slowly, slowly get aboard and get on page and start taking their own side. And that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, all we have to do is help it along, right? All right, good stuff. Oh, and this too, by the way. So we should, <clears throat> what we should do, in fact, what they should do, <clears throat> the uh, the woman there who's uh, asking if, if, if black people were cooler than whites, right? In a condescending, the most condescending way possible. Uh, they should be thanking the whites for all they have. Thank the whites! All right. All right, guys, uh, let's move on here. We're going to talk a bit about the uh, Justice uh, Department. They've actually decided the Department of Justice to actually go after uh, Google, which which is actually not a not a bad uh, bad thing. Let me see if I can find the story here. Ah, let me open that here. Where are we? All right, there we go. Here we are. Okay. Um, Sorry, guys. Look, there it is. There it is. Okay, <laughs> cool. There it is. So this is a, this is a good start, right? A little bit of a topic change here now, but uh, this is a good this is a good start. It doesn't mean that this is going to go any further. They're just apparently going after Google's or Alphabet's like ad business, which I was like, okay, Th- these companies should have been broken up a long, long time ago. But again, we'll we'll, we'll take it. Hopefully, it leads to something else, right? Big tech has been part of the the. Uh, uh, the problem with the anti-white machine for for a long, long time, and some of these companies, I mean, they ha- they hold incredible uh, sway, right over politicians and stuff, and they're like deeply embedded now into the lobby industries and things like that. So, uh, I don't expect them to be broken up by anybody, but just as a technicality, this sh- this should have happened a long time ago. Uh, so they're suing the DOJ sues uh, to break up Google's monopolistic ad business, a major antitrust lawsuit. I'll take it. Uh, at least you're fighting back a little bit. The Department of Justice 
uh, and eight states have filed an antitrust lawsuits against Google, accusing the tech giant of dominance and anti-competitive practices in the advertising market. The lawsuit calls for Google's advertising business to be broken up. I mean, it's either this or it's just getting the majority of people stop using Google, but the likelihood of that happening is is less, right? It's very little. Uh, anyway, so it's New York, California, New Jersey, Virginia, Connecticut, Colorado, Tennessee, and Rhode Island. Mostly these are, you know, uh, uh, blue states. So they probably have a different... See, they're, they're not going after them on like search monopoly uh, or how they've just gobbled up competitors, right? And things like this. They're just doing it on the ad front, which is kind of quite telling. So I don't have much hope about it, but uh, we'll see what comes out of it. One interesting thing, though, which shows you how corrupt uh, this is. No surprise to anybody. Nancy Pelosi... Uh, sold 300,000 shares uh, in Google before the DOJ announced the lawsuit. <clears throat> Isn't that fascinating? It's almost like she knew that it would happen. Isn't that crazy? We'll see who reports on this. But uh, yes, absolutely. Crazy stuff, right? <laughs> now, we talked about Crowder earlier because, of course, we, we've you know gone after the uh, the people in, uh, in media and stuff like that. He talked about the Daily Wire uh, and their problems, right? Um, he mentioned, he said something. Let me just play that whole clip. <clears throat> he he kind of redeemed himself a little, little bit. I put it on uh, Telegram, this clip, where he, where he at least started, started saying uh, that there is a disproportionate number of people here uh, within, he, he talks about this from the, the world of media, entertainment, and contracts and things like this, right? But as he says here, uh, with Jewish last names, <laughs> it's a very complicated way of saying this, but at least he's saying it. L listen to this. This this comes, of course, after all the fallout right, with Ben Shapiro and these things, right? Listen to this. I don't think he hates Jewish people. I think he's been wronged, and yes. I think that he's aiming sometimes a howitzer. He's being imprecise. Right. Yes. Um, but he's not wrong about everything. Look, is there a conversation to be had about secular hum humanists with Jewish last names in Hollywood <laughs> exploiting people uh, in positions of, uh, you know, the performance arts talent. Yeah. Well, yeah. And by the way, that happens in the conservative movement, too, behind the scenes. Yeah. People sign contracts where they don't know what they're signing. Yeah, it's true. Is there a disproportional, uh, disproportionate number of people with Jewish last names in higher banking? That's that's an argument that can be made. <laughs> What do you guys think? Good, good for him, right? For actually bringing that up, and it and it sets the context for the next couple of things uh, I want to talk about here too. And for one, of course, it's uh, Jeff Zients who's been uh, the uh, decided to be the new, uh, the next chief of staff for Biden for the ba Biden cabinet, right? And I kind of like the term uh, "secular human." It's it's a funny way of addressing this. It's kind of like when what's that guy called? Uh, oh, he's pushed on YouTube like crazy all the time. Um, Oh man, he's so he's such a bore. He's basically like a, a Jewish Joe Rogan. What's his name again, Chad? He gets uh, he talks about this all the time, right? The, or he talks about it. He used individuals. It's just individuals. So he got Kanye on his show. The hell is his name again? I think maybe I have the clip. Let's see if I can find it here later. And it's just like no, 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 no. You 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 shouldn't be allowed to talk about that. And if you know, it's more Lex Friedman. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mally Molly Wally Mally Wally. Thank you. Joe Rogan, <laughs> Lex Friedman, he's pushed like, he, he's pushed, I was going to say Alex, but yeah, I was close, El, uh, uh, Lex, he's pushed like crazy, I mean, completely inorganic, right, but he said, no, 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 it's just a bunch of individuals, it's just 
the individuals are doing this. It's just a bunch of individuals. And I guess it's the same here with the secular secular humanists, right? Uh, and now there's secular humanists selected to the prominent position of being the uh, chief of staff for Biden's cabinet, Jeff Zients, who just happened to be, uh, as you can see on the picture there, uh, not Jewish, but a secular humanist, folks, uh, together with, uh, I don't know, a few, kind of just a, a few others, right? Despite being just 1% of the population, more than 50% of Joe Biden's cabinet happens to be secular humanists with Jewish-sounding last names. <laughs> How about them? How about them apples, eh? I remember what uh, Jeff Sience, uh said during the uh, the COVID era, too. He's a great... I couldn't think of a nicer guy uh, to bring into the uh, picture here, to be honest. Where's that clip? Oh, not that one. Did I have it here? I think I had it. Ah, shit. Didn't I import that? Let's bring it. You guys have to hear what he said about that. Uh, we'll find it real quick here. Can't will them all, folks. Yeah, he talked about the COVID stuff. Um, there it is, right there. Okay, good. Could find it fairly quick. And of course, remember what's happened. We've talked about the excess deaths. Scotland, UK, BBC admitting this now. They're finally like, okay, something is going on here. What the hell could it be? <laughs> what, what in the world could be happening on the, the front of like, um, the front end of like all these deaths, right? Um, now, of course, it's majority of vaccinated people <clears throat> that are uh, dying. This is not a secret either. But anyway, this is what Jeff Zients said recently. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. <laughs> yes, I can't think of a better guy to come and join uh, the uh, the Biden uh, uh, or chief of staff uh, of Biden, right? Here's another <clears throat> secular humanist. Just happened to be um, the founder, uh, and uh, I think is he currently the CEO of Netflix? The founder, anyway, and for a long time CEO of Netflix. Uh, his name is Mark Randolph, which of course does not have a particularly uh, Jewish sounding last name. <laughs> Money, but oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I can think of it. I can. I just. I can just think of a handful of other media personalities too. Now he, of course, uh, died. But uh, Sumner Redstone, remember that guy? A couple of uh, quotes. One of Hollywood's most imposing and powerful executives. One of the world's largest media empires that boasts the nation's most watched TV networks. If you want to know how our culture is steeped in some of this uh, anti-white hatred and, and anti-European sentiments. I'm not saying this is the only reason, but surely this has to be part of it, right? You All of a sudden you have a group uh, which do not identify as white, uh, who's helped to shift the entire narrative into becoming uh, hostile uh, towards white people, right? Most watched TV networks, CBS, prominent cable channels, including Showtime, Comedy Central, MTV and Nickelodeon, and the legendary Hollywood movie studio Paramount Pictures. Uh, but when they want to insert a feeding tube into him back in 2014, when he ended up in hospital, um, the family objected because it was against the family's Jewish religion uh, to install a feeding tube. I'm not sure if he died as a consequence of that. Look, if you're 94, you're kind of getting up there already. Not sure if there's much you can do at that point, barring some weird uh, transhumanist uh, uh, stuff. 
stem cell, uh, you know, gene therapy or something, whatever they're into, these guys. Uh, but anyway, that's that's, that's just yeah, just yeah, I mean, a couple of examples, a couple of examples of a couple of uh, secular humanists with uh, <clears throat> who just uh, some of them happen to have Jewish last names and some don't. But I think we can all agree they're all secular humanists, right? Not not all secular humanists are anti-whites, but most anti-whites are secular humanists. Um, but if we listen to someone like Gavin McInnes, of course. Uh, he also interviewed Yi or, or Ye. Uh, listen to what he said of where uh, wh- who you should be mad at. And the Jews that are getting lumped in with uh, this sort of ethnomasochistic cultural suicide tend not really to be Jewish. I call them ginos, Jews in name only. It's liberal elite whites you should have a beef with. <laughs> there you go. Let's blame the whites. All right. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> Gavin, it's always good. Always good to hear it. Always good to hear it. All right. Norse Nature says, uh, okay, wait a minute here. Yeah, my Odyssey membership is having problems as well. Thought it was just me, but must be an Odyssey issue. Okay, I hope it's nothing on the back end. Maybe they're like Stripe banned us through Odyssey or something like that. I saw we had some new um, signups on there today, though, so sh- there should not be an issue. Is it, uh, is it a recurring issue? Uh, write to me if you can, uh, Norse Nature. Red Eyes at ProtonMail.com. Let me know what's happening on your end, and I can relay that to Odyssey and ask them what's going on. But I appreciate you letting us know. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Jim B says, show how they made ballet better, Henrik. Yeah, that's right. We had some clips on that, didn't we? Maybe I'll pull that in towards the end here. All right. Um, uh, quick mention here, too. Check out the so the, the big banks are, are doing shit here now, too. Speaking of being uh, <clears throat> uh, censored and shut down on getting your... I don't think anybody will be getting these accounts back. Uh, Big banks plot digital wallets for 2023 release to push towards a digital economy. Of course, uh, central bank digital currencies, big banks in the U.S., including J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo and Bank of America. This is literally some of the worst. I mean, look, show me a bank that's not bad. You're going to have a hard time doing it. Wells Fargo, absolute scum. J.P. Morgan, absolute scum. Remember Bank of America episodes like, oh, the uh, white working class has too much leverage. Oh, oh, what do we do? Open the borders. Let them all in now so we can drive right down the price of wages. Um, I would lump in, obviously, like, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs and that bunch as well. But that is literally some of the worst ones, right? But anyway, those... Those scum bankers are planning to launch a digital wallet to compete with PayPal and Apple Pay. The move planned for the second half of this year appears to be yet another push for a cashless society. According to the Wall Street Journal, the digital wallet will be managed by bank-owned early warning services, LLC, use the company behind money transfer platform Zelle. So, of course, you know. I, we were banned from Zell. I was personally banned. Uh, I, I, you know, this is why it's so dangerous, right? This is why it's so dangerous that that they're seeking to digitize this economy. Because if these are some of the only companies that are there, we will be designed out of the system. And I made the point before that yes, maybe that's kind of a good thing. While we still can, maybe we need to create our own stuff, right? We, we seriously need to look into how to set up our own banks, right? I mean, I, I know, I, look, I know there's choke points that they control or whatever, you know, Visa, MasterCard or whatever, all that kind of stuff. But uh, 
it's worth trying. It, it just if nothing else, just to give a middle finger towards these people and and let them do, put in all that hard work. Let them do it, set it up, and then have the public disgrace of getting something like that, uh, you know, banned basically by other services. But Zell, which basically means like, okay, so you, you know, people like us are never going to be let back on there. I, not that I want to, but I'm just trying to make that point. That's like. One day, if these are only the big services that you have, and it's required for you to have a digital wallet, if you want to have a digital ID to get your latest shot, what do you, you know, how do we, well, what do we do here? You don't have one? Well, you can just set one up with Zelle. The new digital wallet would allow consumers to pay merchants online through linked credit and debit cards. The worst possible uh, banks are engaged in this. Norway, heading that down this path as well, of course, they continue to push ahead with a digital currency, ignoring privacy concerns. Privacy is getting ignored in the push to digital currencies or CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. Despite many controversies, not least related to pi uh, people's privacy that accompany this form of digital money pushed by governments and clearly central banks around the world, Norway is reported to be accelerating its efforts, which started all the way back in 2016. The country's direction is clear, a move towards a cashless system. A CBDC fits in well with that model, but even before it uh, finally gets introduced, what's referred to as the experimental phase, is due to end in mid-2023, and several banks stop using cash as a payment method altogether. Same thing is happening in Sweden, right? You have, If you're going to go in and pay something with cash, you have a hard time like, you need. To, where did you get this from? You, you need to prove where you got this money from. It is uh, absolutely insane when it comes to this, folks. Uh, digital bank, uh, the digital uh, central bank digital currencies is something we have to just never uh, opt in on because that will be a death nail, to be honest. No, we need our own system, our own banks, our own parallel structure, essentially. All right, so let's go over to the Ghislaine Maxwell thing here too. I'm kind of rushing a little bit because we started up a bit late here too. So let me let me. Uh, it's not re really that much to preface or, or, or say before we check out some of the clips from from her interview here. Uh, so she joined from uh, prison. It was a, an exclusive with a UK show called uh, T Talk TV, I think. Um, a lot of whitewashing. They framed it like this disgraced, uh, or like the woman who had a relationship with disgraced financier. Uh, very few times it was like, well, she's a pedophile. This is what she was convicted on. She was actually one of the char charges, right, was grooming. She She groomed. Kids, just like they're doing now all over the place. And it was kind of, it was desperate lashing out in in, in attempts of discrediting the other side that charged her, her with this. But she knows what she did. There's no walking back on this. She basically just tried to say, oh, it's, it wasn't my fault, right? I was, I was, I was abused by Jeffrey. All right. So anyway, a number of things came up here. Let's begin around 10 minutes in because that's when it got kind of interesting. We have a little segment on her relationship to the, to the Clintons, her Andrew, um, Prince Andrew uh, photo as well. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's begin with uh, this. She looks like shit, by the way. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, I was shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um, as far as I was going to he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal, and I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. But I wasn't in the indictment, so I wasn't mentioned. I, wa I wasn't even one of the co-conspirators. 
I honestly wish I'd never met him. You know, looking back now, I probably wish I had stayed at, in England. But leaving that aside, you know, I tried to leave and start another new job and move on from the end of 98, 99. I tried to get out, it was Epstein running everything, and oh, I tried to leave him. Terrible job at whitewashing this as well, and shifting blame. She knows what she did, she's not de denying the crime, she's just trying to deflect and say like, oh, as a victim of Jeffrey, he did it all, and I tried to get out. Absolute bullshit. I wish that I had been more successful at moving on, because I became a banker, so I should have... Did she say banker? Is that what she said? I came a banker. Audio is a little hard to hear. I tried to move on, and I, was, I wish I was more successful in moving on. Yeah, you wish you didn't uh, continue to groom uh, kids that you could use in these pedophile rings where you were part of Epstein's plot to blackmail people within higher uh, echelons of society. Yeah, but, it, oh, you didn't really, you didn't succeed in getting out of that? The end of 98, 99. Yeah, but then you continued, what, for almost another 10 years after that? So I wish that I had been more successful at moving on, because I became a banker. Is that what she says? Because I became a banker? Am I hearing that wrong? So I should have you know, moved on completely. At the time, I wouldn't have had a problem introducing people to my friends. To him because I didn't know that he was so awful. Yeah, right. I didn't know he was so awful. Man, what a lying scumbag. I mean, obviously now, looking back with hindsight, of course, but at the time, I mean, he had lots of friends. I mean, he was friendly with just about everybody you can imagine. There was no reason to imagine that he wasn't someone of interest to people. You mean that the girls uh, that he raped too, was he was he nice towards them too? Uh, all right, let's move on here. It was kind of boring in the beginning of this, but the photo comes up, this, this famous photo, Prince Andrew, and it's not, it, that's not really the most important thing the media loves to focus on this because it's such an easy target because it's about a goy family, influential monarchs. It's kind of, look, there's some that think that, you know, that they hold all the power in the queen. I, I don't buy that for, for a second. Not, not anymore. Maybe they did at some point, but like it's they're at the you saw that photo of uh, uh, was it Evelyn? Not Evelyn it was one of the Rothschilds. I think it was one. Yeah, Evelyn de Rothschild. Uh, poking his finger in the chest of uh, King Charles, well, then Prince Prince Charles. Uh, anyway, this is what she's... So they love to go after that guy. Not that he doesn't deserve it, right? He, he definitely deserves it. So don't get me wrong. But the, they're talking about how the photo that he was seen in was fake. Listen to this here. Nightclub dance floor. Last year, after months of legal wrangling, Prince Andrew agreed to settle the civil case with Miss Giuffray out of court, reportedly paying up to £12 million on the advice of his brother now, King Charles. Which means you're guilty. You don't settle out of court if you're, if you're, if you're not guilty. 
this must be one of the most infamous photographs in recent memory, and it has done Prince Andrew and the royal family extraordinary reputational harm. Let's see what Ghislaine Maxwell has to say about it. What's a fake? I don't believe that. I don't believe it's real for a second. In fact, I'm sure it's not. There's never been an original. Um, <laughs> further, there's no photograph, and I've only ever seen a photocopy of it. Oh, oh, because you don't have the original. It has to be fake, right? I don't believe it happened. And You're in the photo. Um, I don't believe that it happened. Well, either it did happen or didn't happen. It's certainly the way as described would have been impossible. <laughs> I don't have any memory of going to Tramp. Right uh, certainly not in the outfit that I would have worn. Um, her stories have changed so many times about what happens, when it happens, how it happens, with different versions. And each time she speaks, there's a different version. In fact, if you look at her BBC interview on the panorama, um, I believe she says that he, or I can't remember, either he or... Yeah, that he puked on her face. <laughs> That's the only time she's ever said that. <laughs> a separate interview. Now, they, they explain that in a funny way. Same thing with the, oh, I don't sweat anymore, so it couldn't have been me. Remember that disastrous, uh, was it BBC interview that Prince, uh, Prince Andrew did, right? Oh, my God, it's just such, it's such, it's so low, like poorly executed, this stuff, right? Uh, she also swooned over the queen that she met her. Let me see that segment. Um, yeah, she went on another uh, show and talked about that. Let me see what that was. I forgot actually to take down the time card on that. But that was kind of interesting because she's like she showered praise over the queen. And now she's living or she's become besties with uh, uh, a Novak. I forget what it is. She murdered her own family in, in jail. Uh, here it is. Let's let's listen to this here. Here we go. From the days when Maxwell was at the very top of London and New York society and Prince Andrew introduced her to the late queen. All the time she and Hollywood pal Kevin Spacey sat laughing and joking on the queen's throne at Windsor. Mm -hmm. Or when she was a guest of honor at the wedding of President Bill Clinton's daughter Chelsea. During the prison interviews, this time captured on audio only, Maxwell spoke about a moment meeting Her Late Majesty. I thought that the Queen was one of the most exceptional women I ever had the honour and privilege of briefly meeting. Um, and I think anybody of her stature, of the longevity of her reign, her elegance and her sheer capacity for um, dedication to her work and to her, um, her job, really, was just astonishing. And it was one of the great privileges of my life to have the honor to meet her. She created a warmth and, um, a, um, and a sparkle in her eyes that was just mesmerizing, really. Now, does that say tell you something about the Queen or more about Ghislaine Maxwell? Um, if if the quality of someone like Ghislaine like praises you, <clears throat> what does that say about you? I don't know. It's just something to keep up. This is maybe maybe it's from one reptile to <laughs> to another. Who knows it, right? But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, that's a, the how she loved it. Her sparkle in her eyes. She was the most magnificent, uh, you know, ever. Whatever. Um, but anyway. 
says the the pedophile groomer, right, who who uh, helped to kidnap uh, underage girls for for a a, uh, a blackmailing ring on international scope. Ouch. The Clintons. Let's uh, get to that portion. This is kind of interesting too, actually. Just share the love of horses, and that was one of her great loves. Maxwell's friendship with the Clintons was also one of the most enduring and influential of her life. Attending Chelsea's wedding was the pinnacle of Ghislaine networking her way into the former president's charitable work. A photo from 2002 on a trip to Africa shows Clinton standing on the steps of Epstein's plane Mm -hmm. with his arm on the shoulder of a smiling Maxwell. Yep. Clinton also personally signed a copy of his memoir to Ghislaine with Love. Great people. Later, she would even use her connections to Clinton in an effort to get herself a lower sentence. (laughs) Maxwell claimed that by helping launch the Clinton Global Initiative, demonstrated she has a desire to do good in the world. (laughs) I love that part because it's always like, this is what the scum of the earth do to prove to the rest of us that they're good people, right? Let's set up a a charitable, charitable organization, or as soon as it's philanthropy, like... What are you doing beyond just like the subversive political work that you're engaged in and the corruption of that and the, the, the money laundering and all that kind of stuff? What, what are you doing on the side that makes you feel such a rotten person that you have to constantly prove to everyone what a great person you are, right? I don't know, maybe, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, raping kids? Maybe that's part of it? But yeah, so of course, the global initiative, they had a great foundation, folks. Some of the best quality people in the world have laid the, the foundational bricks to the Clinton's global initiative. That tells you something right there. Friends say the former U.S. president was smitten. And it's smitten. clear from her prison interview that for Maxwell, the feeling was mutual. Of course, see, whoever she lavishes praise on is... Most likely it's some of the worst scum, right, ever. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it, it, uh, it's self-evident, right? Uh, interesting people I've ever met. He was extremely sharp and... Interesting and... He was so smart and interesting. The way he raped those kids, man. I was so impressed. There's a broad range of... ...knowledge on the world. What? That's very strange. Is, is Clinton, is like... Is she even she struggling to like give good words to that guy? Is that is that how bad it is with, with Bill? So much for her celebrity friends. As Maxwell has told her family, she's lost everything. Her money... Her power, her influence, and now her oh, freedom. Oh, it's such a... It's, she was really just swept up into a man's world, wasn't it? That's, it's, I mean, because we can all agree, it's all the, the men's fault. But what about her victims? What about the many women she's accused of procuring for Epstein for him to abuse? Girls like Maria and Annie Farmer, groomed by Maxwell before being supplied to Epstein. During her sentencing, Maxwell said she wanted to acknowledge the pain of her victims, but stopped short of an apology. Yeah, of course. Yeah, listen, this is incredible here. She basically just shifts blame. And once again in this interview, there was a telling lack of remorse when asked, what do you yep. say to the many women who feel betrayed by you and want you to stay in jail? I say that Epstein died and, and they should 
uh, take their and take their disappointment and upset out on the authorities that allowed that to happen. Well, you allowed it to happen. You, you're the ones running the whole thing. I mean, even in the beginning of this, they kind of admitted that like she was like the. She might not have been the mastermind, but she was like the organizational skill on the back end for this whole network of, of uh, you know, pedophiles and the blackmail and bringing in new girls and the grooming and all that stuff. Like without her, this wouldn't even have happened, at least to the degree that it did. Right. No, she, the, it's the authority's fault because me and Jeffrey raped kids, <laughs> blackmailed political leaders, business people, entertainers, lawyers, scientists, and like people at universities. No, no, that's, it's, it's, it's the, it's really the authority's fault that we managed to blackmail and that we had under our wing, <laughs> right? The people that we've already blackmailed that was in key positions to, to, uh, that we could pressure to use their leverage to let us go or lower sentences. Or in the case of, uh, Epstein, right? It was the, um, uh, a Costa deal right down in Florida, the cushy prison that he got. He could, he could come and go as he pleased throughout the day in this pr prison, right? Even her now has been moved. They, they highlighted that in the beginning, too, uh, to a much cusher jail in Florida. Uh, she's like a, a librarian there now, and she complains on like, oh, the food is not that great and shit. Like, she should be in a dungeon. I mean, she, at the very least, very least, she should be catapulted or, or, or you know, buried under a jail. And... That, as I said, I I hope that they have some closure by the <laughs> judicial process that took place, and I wish them um, time to heal and to be able to have a productive and good life going forward. Yeah, forward. that'll be that'll be that'll be real easy. Moving on and having a. A uh, productive uh, life after being uh, <clears throat> raped by, uh, you know, the likes of Dershowitz multiple times and shit like that. Yeah, that's not a problem. And that's what I hope for them. Mm -hmm. And this is what she had to say when she was asked, if you win your appeal, do you think you'll be accepted again by the very people who were once your friends? <laughs> well, I can't know what my friends will, will do or won't do. I mean, my focus won't be on that. I will always turn to what I've now decided that will form the rest of my life, which is helping other people who are or have been incarcerated. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know it. She's going to be easy. Isn't it when the right president comes in? She'll be... Um uh, what was the word again? She she'll be uh, acquitted, right? She'll 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 get out. She'll be par pardoned. That's the word. Uh, she'll be she'll be pardoned, and and she'll work on trying to get some of the worst scum criminals out of jail, <laughs> so we can be so we can be uh, the few that we have in jail now uh, from these kinds of circles, right? Uh, they should be in fact be let out again. Brilliant. Characteristically, Maxwell ended her interview with one final pity me plea when asked by her brother Kevin, who is the real Ghislaine. It provoked a typical response. Blame the media, blame Epstein, blame anyone but herself. So there, everyone was always asking, who is the real G? Who's the real Gilan? Well, I think the best people to answer that is probably the people who were closest to me, like you. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely not. The is that, I'm sorry, Was I'm not following. Was that her brother interviewing? Is that what they're saying? 
Yeah, okay, Kevin Kevin Maxwell. Okay, yep, there you go. They had it in the lower third. I, I missed that first. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so he's the one who got that, again, in an attempt. They probably did the interview together in an attempt to, like, begin to whitewash, you know, uh, uh, and garner sympathy and stuff like that in the public eye, and they, who knows, this talk TV, they ended up maybe buying that exclusive or something. I'm not sure what happened. I doubt he's working for them or something like that. People to answer that is probably the people who were closest to me like you <laughs> but uh, it's definitely not the person portrayed I feel completely divorced from the person that people reference and talk about wait a minute so she didn't say I'm not that person I feel divorced meaning you were that person right see the, the wordage here yeah, of course you were. <laughs> Those are the things you did. I, I, just, I don't want to be stuck up but, uh, on a term, but you know what I'm saying? It's like she could have said, well, like, I've never been that person. It's not me. No, no I, I feel divorced from that person. I mean, I've, I've moved on, right? I've separated from that person. <laughs> That's what she says. And all the various newspaper articles and TV shows. And oh, you mean, you mean the kinds of papers that your dad owned, Robert? Podcasts. And so the biggest misconception of you... That I'm the cruelest, meanest, horriblest person who's done committed crimes. Yeah, if you rape, uh, if you rape underage uh, girls, you kind of, you kind of tend to, you kind of, kind of tend to get that reputation, I'd say. But uh, anyway, what do I know? I'm not a, I'm not a, a authoritative source. So there it is, Ghislaine Maxwell in her own All right, words. That is, a- all right, that's it right there. Very interesting. <sighs> Let's just listen to one example of uh, the kind of woman Ghislaine was. And again, this is more testimony here, right? But uh, Maria Farmer, you guys remember this clip? Uh, Talking about a little bit of uh, the supremacy thing uh, Ghislaine Maxwell had going for her. But I lost 20 pounds because I wasn't allowed to go get food. And when I called Ghislaine and asked why I couldn't eat there, she said, it's a Jewish country club. You're not Jewish. They're not going to serve you. This is how this woman spoke to me. Yeah. This is how she, this is how these people think, Whitney. They, honest to God, think their DNA is better than everybody else's. I swear to you. It was a very, it was a theme all the time with them. With Eileen Guggenheim, with, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, with, with Ghislaine. It was a theme. You know, Jeffrey was a lot less horrible than Ghislaine as far as a human being. Like, just being around. Because she was raping just as many children. So the country club, you weren't so, allowed to go yeah, because it, it, it was known. only for, um, you know, people of a certain religion Jewish and people. ethnicity. Okay, so... Yeah. You can say it, Whitney Webb. Say, just use the words. Religious. Yes, they were Jewish, okay? I mean, they could cut you down. And it was so morally devastating. Like, you know, like... You just felt useless as a human being when you were told you're nothing because you're not Jewish, you're stupid, you're useless, a useless white girl. Ah, there it is. There it is. A poor little peasant. You know, I mean, just the things that I was called, I was just like, I believed it, you know, because it was like a cult. It's a problem. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the way Jeffrey and Guillaume spoke about African-Americans. It was like, it made <laughs> my skin crawl. Any- but they're going to hey, she's going to help get uh, incarcerated people out of jail. Bloody who was not Jewish, and you can write about this, but the way they spoke about them, it was really horrifying. And it showed me a great deal about how these people truly believe that they're chosen to do something here. I don't know. It's unbelievable to me. 
I mean, and it was every one of them, the way they spoke. And one time I heard Isabel say to her mother, Eileen, Mommy, why do you call Maria a nobody? And she said, Honey, Isabel, Maria is not a Jew. She is a nobody. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is worth pointing. So you pointing. can see I why mean, for about well, 20 that, years. Well, that type of stuff I might actually include just because um, the Maxwell family has you tied to this it. group. You should include um, it. What's it called? Chabad Lubavitch. Mm-hmm. And um, they that um, oh, group openly talks about um, how only Jews are human and the rest of human beings are like yeah. cattle, basically. Goyim. All right. This one's kind of funny, too. All right, there we go. Good stuff. All right, well, not good stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Crazy, crazy things with these people. They uh, they believe they're better than you, and they're in a club that you're not in. Uh, That's what they think. So anyway, that's uh, that is uh, the interview with Ghislaine Maxwell. Some revealing stuff there. Not believing, of course, that Epstein was murdered. We I think we all uh, agree to that. she basically is trying to shift blame, and she's trying slowly, slowly to uh, rehabilitate, rehabilitate uh, her reputation and doing uh, charitable work once again, which uh, in this case includes getting criminals out of jail. All right, lads, thank you so much, and, and, and ladettes as well for that reason, for that matter. We're going to wrap up right there. We were a bit late here today. Oh, this one. Let me take this one from Archie here. Uh, the boyfriend of Virginia Roberts, Gouffray, saw the infamous photo in 2001. He corroborated that it existed. Yes, I believe it most definitely does. Around 2011, Gouffray turned in the photo to police as evidence. Photos are missing now, uh, and infamous ones is not uh, and the infamous one is not present. Maxwell is trying to save Andrew uh, Gouffray. Uh, stopped. A, let me see here. Uh, Maxwell is trying to, yeah, save Andrew. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Gouffray stopped accusing Dershowitz. Well, wasn't that, wasn't that, uh, they had a lawsuit, right? Gouffray and Dershowitz, did they not? That Was that part of set, helping to settle out of court? Or was that just with Andrew? I forget if the, she, she had both of them in the same or if it was just like two, I guess it would be two separate. They, they wouldn't deal with two different cases at the same time. Um I thought she still were accusing Dershowitz, though. But I know that Farmer had been more outspoken, right? She's the one who claims that she has tapes still of this. Remember, we covered that a while ago, too. I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe she's exaggerating that. Uh, But apparently she saw, uh, had seen Dershowitz on these tapes, uh, raping an underage girl, among others, right? And so I said, you better release those tapes before they uh, uh, come and Epstein you, right? All right. Thank you, Archie. all right, we're going to wrap up there, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here today. We appreciate you. A little bit shorter, but we're going to be back with more here, of course, as usual. Uh, in the meantime, check out the latest Western Warrior. It's up right now on RadhouseMembers.com uh, and on Odyssey as well. Our Odyssey, you can sign up for a membership over there. Uh, if you do want to uh, support us, you can sign up at RadhouseMembers.com or subscribestar.com slash RedIce. Uh, but almost prefer Odyssey. It's uh, I really like Odyssey. But uh, if somebody having issues, we'll check that out, see if we can solve that. Write to me, let me know what that is about, and, and I can at least relay to Odyssey and see what the, what's going on with that. Uh, Odyssey.com slash at Red Ice TV. And uh, also want to extend just a, a thank you to all our executive producers. You guys have really become your really strong carriers of what we do and the show and the support and the foundation that we have right now as well. So I want to say special thanks to all of you guys. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, 
Red Pill Rundown. We got uh, Chalky Milk, of course, joining us in the chat as well. Shout out to Chalky Milk. French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, fetch me if you can. Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom. We also have the second wanderer with us in the chat. Shout out to him. Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends. Francis Parker Yaki, Dill Bob, Level 104 Light. Last Place Simp, and actually it's uh, Josh Hart, I think it is as well. We have Masix Gorilli in there. Uh, we'll re replace that and make sure that that's right. Our producers, uh, Mr. Walker696, Yuan Son, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemery, and Yuri New. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. My sincere thank you to all of you guys. Uh, if you do want uh, an executive membership or a producer tier as well, executive producer tier, you can get that over at Odyssey uh, or at Subscribestar. And in fact, it's because of your guys uh, joining us as um, executives that we actually have been able to uh, get a hold here of a uh, editor. So he's going to be joining here soon, uh, working out the last few details of that. But uh, that means more of my time is going to be freed up. We're going to be able to have some more clips. Uh, we'll be able to do easily more interviews and things like that, more content, in other words, uh, hopefully more shorter videos as well. Uh, but so that's thanks to you guys. Of course, we're not happy with just that. Think of Ben Shapiro, Daily Wire. They offered $50 million to Crowder to get him aboard on their network, right? What was it? They had something like, uh, was it $8 million a month they made or some crazy shit like that? The amount of boomers and, and, and uh, you know, people that are supporting Daily Wire, it, it's quite aggravating considering what frauds they are, right? But it is what it is. We're not quite there yet. I think we're going to get there. But my point is, for the love of the gods, we have to be able to grow and expand much more. Not only us, but all there's so many good people working within this and uh, similar spheres, right? What we do. So if you want to help us out, of course, just getting a membership that help, that goes a long way. But if you want to do a little bit extra, do consider a producer or executive producer tier. Uh, we'll get you in uh, your name into the rotation as well at the end of the show and uh, give you guys a shout out. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. Uh, can't do this without you. But anyway, yes, yeah, so we want to expand further. I uh, want to get more people aboard. Obviously, we'd, I'd love to actually have a a producer, you know, somebody can help us with bookings. Someone can help us produce the show live. So I don't have to do all of that in addition to hosting and, you know, running the, you know, running the show and stuff like that. We need more people. That's just how it goes, right? So if you guys want to help out, it's up to you guys. And thank you so much, everybody who has uh, helped out so far. We appreciate you. Much love to all of you. All right. So what, what's going to happen here uh, next is we'll be back with Flashback Friday on Friday. Then we have the Western Warrior coming up as usual. And then next week, we're not going to do No-Go Zone Flashback Friday or the member show Western Warrior uh, due to a move that we have coming up. So we're actually going to start packing and stuff. And don't worry, it's not going to be super long. It's actually in town here. So it's uh, it's a, it's still a bigger move, but, you know, it's it's my minor uh, distance we need to go. So it's not going to be that bad. But anyway, so yes, we're going <coughs> to, excuse me, we're going to get a um, new fresh studio space uh, as well. So that'll be nice. Uh, it's not as quite as big as we wanted to. We're actually going to uh, build a studio eventually. We'll uh, we'll give you guys more updates on that, but we're going to build a real nice, sweet-ass uh, studio. Have some more people in studio and stuff like that joining us. So we have so many good things uh, planned and, uh, and uh, you know, just making things even more exciting and, and just visually showing you, like, our growth and stuff like that. So a lot of things are in the works, uh, but that's still a little bit... Um, uh, f further away. But anyway, so slightly uh, bigger space. We're working on setting everything up here uh, next week. Uh, we'll keep keep you guys posted when everything is up uh, and running. We'll be back on as usual, of course, but uh, you can always follow us uh, on our Telegram, t.me slash Red Eyes TV, uh, our Twitter. It's just at Red Eyes TV or uh, our Gab, and that way we'll give you guys uh, updates as well, in addition to uh, what we put on the websites, redeyes.tv or redeyesmembers.com. All right, guys, thank you so much, everybody. 
Much love to all of you. Keep fighting, everybody. We're actually in a very good spot. It's it's uh, it, There's a lot of positive momentum. And you'll see. Hang in there. Be positive. Keep fighting. Do the good stuff. And you'll see it's going to slowly but surely, things are going to start paying off. Don't be down. Don't be distraught. Never black pill, as it were. Uh, always grab for that white pill. We'll see you guys later. Take care, everybody. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.